This is Rumble Strip. I'm Erica Heilman. Before we start, this show is sponsored by Honey Road, my favorite restaurant, and a lot of people's favorite restaurant, at the corner of Church and Main in downtown Burlington, Vermont. They make Eastern Mediterranean small plates, and every single person who has gone and reported back to me has been enthusiastic. Go there, eat, tell me what you think. On to the show. Quiet around here this morning. People haven't gotten up yet. No, usually. Was she taking pictures? No, she's getting a little bit of sound. I'm working on sound. I'm recording all that the sound in Jocelyn house this morning. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Is it a nice sound? That's Becky and Millie before breakfast at the Jocelyn House in Randolph. Breakfast is at 8. Oh dear, I'm in the middle of the way here. People often assume that Jocelyn House is a nursing home, probably because a lot of old people live there. But it's not a nursing home. It's not assisted living. There's no anonymous art, no hand sanitizer mounted on the walls. There are no rules posted anywhere. It's not licensed by the state. It's a house. It's a place where up to 20 older people live independently together in a huge, elegant house furnished with their own things. There's socializing when you want it, silence when you don't. There's sociable silence. There are three beautiful meals served every day. Residents are given a room, and rent is $1,500 a month. The Jocelyn House is affordable because it has nothing to do with the health care system. Becky and Arlene, the managers of the house, provide loving care and attention, but no medical services. If residents need extra help, they hire in nurses, and there are a couple nurses who visit the house regularly. The Jocelyn House isn't the only shared living place for old people in the state of Vermont. There are a handful, but I can't believe every town doesn't have a Jocelyn House, a place in your own town where you can help each other as you get older where you don't have to worry about cooking, a place where there's a reason to get up and get dressed and go downstairs, where if you're lonely at night, there's someone to talk to or sit with. In other words, a civilized place, a place where love is evident. Arlene and Al Wright started the Jocelyn House in 1992 with Randolph Neighborhood Housing. Now they're in their 80s, and they still live up on the third floor. Their daughter Becky manages the house now, and she lives upstairs too. Here's Arlene talking about the beginnings of Jocelyn House. Welcome. You need the brown sugar? Oh, regular sugar. I mean, it was a real risk to start with. And there were, you know, the first few months you thought, you are nuts. (laughs) You are nuts to have done this. You started with an empty house. We just brought up our own furniture and our own dishes and pots and pans and uh, all that sort of thing. And... The, the day we opened, one per, we went and we went and got this lady <laughs> and her furniture and brought her here. So the first morning, we had one lady in the house. Al and I and one lady, <laughs> and we we're having breakfast in the kitchen. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how, within two or three weeks, we had five or six. So we put. 
dining room, table in the dining room, and they moved to the dining room. And then it just, by the end of not too many months, less than a year, uh, we had 16 people here. Unbelievable. It was overwhelming because, you know, you had to clean and cook and and shop and plan meals and you didn't really know anything about it, <laughs> you know? We did, it was just kind of trial and error. And and we had a board, you know, we had had, we had, I had um, created a, a board, a Jocelyn board when we, um, when we moved in here. So we had people that I could talk to or people that were concerned that would come and check to see how things were and that kind of thing. And they baked something. We had a lady in over here in the back house, Chris Sprague, who she was on our board and she was forever showing up with a dessert or a vacuum cleaner one time, which was great. <laughs> Why did you decide to do this? I don't know. I think it's inbred or, or something in people that that really are passionate about helping other people. It's the same with like nurses. What makes a nurse be a nurse? And I had been a nurse for all those years. You know, you knew from all the years of people coming in and out of the hospital, some of their their conditions at home as they got older, that they really needed homes. You know, they really needed, you know, someone to some place to live, <laughs> some people that cared about them. Yeah. Hi, Raylene. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. Hmm? A little frosty this morning. Here's Arlene's daughter, Becky. I'll see people at the grocery store or something that I know, you know, that they're living alone, and I know different people that are living alone, and it's isolation is not good. The biggest detriment to the elderly, I think, is isolation. I mean, I've heard um, one lady say that, well, I lived alone for a few years and I'm very happy that I'm here because it's still fresh in her mind, you know, that she was living in a mobile home all by herself. And I think maybe people are afraid of stepping out and living. You know, they're used to their own house. They, they envision themselves always living in their own house. And so they hate to give up their own possession, probably. And so maybe they're afraid of living with other people. And, um, you know, I think some people think it, have a stigma. They think it's, they think it's a nursing home or, you know, something like that, which it isn't. Looks like it snowed during the night. It did, yeah. Makes everything look pretty. It does. Uh, Look at that snow. Mm, is that pretty? Yeah, there's a cardinal right out there. Oh. oh, a pair of them. Look at that. Oh. Against the white snow, you yeah. can see well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the way it goes. 
This is Kathy. I had worked for years in the cafeterias at the schools, always around kids, and I love them. But all of a sudden, I wasn't doing anything anymore. I was retired. My husbands had both died. And like, I feel that I made the best choice by coming here and saying, I'm too lonely. My son didn't understand that. He looked at me like I was dumbfounded when I said to him, I've decided I'm going to move to the Jocelyn house. And he goes, what? You're ready for that, mother? I said, yeah. You work here in town. You go buy this apartment house where I live six times a day. I can tell you the times. And you don't even stop or blow your horn. That's what I mean. I don't want to sit here anymore. I'm ready to be in another path. I wouldn't be good at it at all. No. Was somebody sitting here reading this paper? No, you can sit right down. This is today's paper, Donna. What's this here? That's yesterday's. Oh, well, we don't want to read the old ones. Well, no need. I'll get the old ones put away. Put away, yeah. Okay, very good. Oh, there's Mr. Trump himself. There's enough wide open like it always is. Addresses the nation from the White House on on the ballistic missile strike that has been launched against Iraq. Oh dear, that's not good. Here's Arnold in his third week at Jocelyn House. People my age, they never, they never know how difficult it is to be in a, an apartment for years at a time and you have nobody to talk to. I needed some place where I could meet people of my own age, and this Joslyn house was, I think, the answer to my prayer. Even though people would look at me and they'd say, what's he doing here? <laughs> he looks like 55, 60 years old. <laughs> and I said, I'm 82. I can't help it that I have my own hair. I can't help it. <laughs> this is Donna. I have lost two husbands, one in 81 and one in 90. Terrible to go through. Can't imagine. So I'm alone. Here I am. You're living in a house alone. That was awful. It was pure awful. Why? Lots of nobody to talk to and nothing. It was awful. I had a beautiful home, but Jesus, sit down at night and watch TV and uh, boring. It's awful to cook for yourself. It's an awful job. But it's been wonderful here. I, I like it here very much. Why did it, if you were lonely, why do you think it took so long? I don't know. I don't know. 
I just don't know. I just felt I had to stay there. I don't know why, but I felt I had to. I don't know, it's just part of us, I guess. I lived there a long time. I was a very, very fussy housekeeper, and I did all my housework up, and I don't know why, but you just stay there and do what you have to do. And I don't know how I got here. I don't know how, who, how I'm here. I don't know. And I'm just happy here. I don't want to go home and live alone again. I've still got the house, but I don't want to live in it. Oh, yeah, there's more of the stuff on Trump. And Do more things? Mm-hmm. People will come in and say, this feels like home. It's very homey. And I'm sure it's just because of the everyday kind of furnishings, the the love that you that goes into the house. I think that does reflect on the feeling of the house. You know, there aren't any requirements or regulations. There are not a lot of signs on the wall or we're not going to post the policies. I did hear someone say that from the office and no way are we posting rules, rules of the house. <laughs> you just have to treat it like it's your own house. And we have a, like a real eclectic mix of, well, that was, you know, Olga's, that was her dish cabinet and that has to stay here. And that was in her old farmhouse. And, you know, oh, that lamp. Oh, I just love that lamp because that was Richard's and that was, you know, a part of his family. And so you got to have all those parts, you know, because they, it was a part of someone's life and it all contributes to the feeling of the house. His wife. How about that? Prince Harry and Meghan to take a step back. Why are they stepping back? They look awful happy, the two kids. Leave alone. <clears throat> Queen Elizabeth, just because you've done it your way so long, let, let the kids do their thing. Yeah. They want to be Don't be such an old, pompous grandmother. Let the queen sit there and mother. Oh, you got that, honey? Yeah. That's an awful reach for you. Thank you very much, though. You're, I'll try not to kick it again. I got long arms. You got long arms? Yeah. Yeah, you have for a little girl. <laughs> Poor Millie. When you first came, what was it like that oh, first night? Uh, uh, I sat with my son, Jeff, and he said, Dad, I know this is a big change for you, but give it your all, and you'll get accustomed to it. Were you nervous the first night? Oh, yes. I I have never shared a bathroom <laughs> with anybody. <laughs> and I get up in the morning. I have to get all my, all my clothes together. <laughs> I look down, I look down the hall, and I have to see if he's up. <laughs> And I knock on the door. Is it all right? To you? Is it all right? To you? Is it all right to use a bathroom? And he says, uh, "Okay, okay, you can use." It. 
because we both have to take showers, right? And it's limited <laughs> because I don't know whether he wants to use the bathroom. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just something that you have to get used to. Have you figured it out? With him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is living together. This is a living together situation. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How are you feeling this morning? Very well. Thank you. go well? You know what the highlight was? When I came home and there was honey bells. Honey bells. <laughs> I had a honey bell last night. Very good. Oh, I haven't had one of those in four years. Take care. Someday. What's oh, that? Get that in. Oranges. Get that leg up in the air. Oh. His honey bell oranges. Oh, yeah. Oh, those things are so juicy. They were sent from Florida. Yes, your brother, right? Every year after New Year's. Yeah. yeah. It's an orange you won't forget. Uh, yeah. They're actually a tangelo. Mm -hmm. We don't need to eat and drink out of crystal and, and all that stuff. We have everyday dishes that you eat on three times a day. You can be your normal everyday self. All of a sudden, you don't feel like you have to please somebody all the time. Some people, you know, want to flutter their jewels every day and all that type of stuff. And the, the people, for the most part, that are here are everyday people. They've worked for their living all their lives, or they were a wife and a mother, and now they're by themselves. But by doing a home like this, you have someone to sit down and eat your meals with. If you want to talk, you can talk. If you don't, you just sit there and be quiet. Many a nights I'll say, I'm going up, in my, up to my room and I'm going to watch the news or Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. You could be at your apartment watching Wheel of Fortune. So what's different about watching Wheel of Fortune in your room here? I know that there's somebody around that cares. And if I needed them, they're there. You can, you, can, you can come out of your room and you can walk downstairs. And there's other people watching TV or doing a puzzle or reading the newspaper. And you can sit down and have a conversation with them. Or if you just need a hug some morning, it's there. You don't have to. Always feel that you've got to do everything by yourself anymore. Arnold didn't talk an awful lot when he first came, but some of the stories that he tells about growing up and living the way he had to live when he was a child down in around Boston and everything is totally different than the way we grew up up here in Vermont. And he, he'll sit there and chuckle when we start talking about we had to go down to the barn and bring the cows in from out in the pasture and everything. And he says, I never thought of that as work. 
for you, hon. Mm -hmm. Hello. I forgot to tell you, Millie, we're, your daughter called and we're probably going to, depending on how cold it is today, we may just cancel your hair appointment. Oh, she's so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Make you happy today, huh? When you, when you, when you accompany people to nursing homes, when people go to nursing homes, what is that, that like? That part is very hard. The going, having to go to a nursing home. Uh, yep, that happens. Uh, it it happens a lot less than what I ever thought that it would do. But it is very hard. Yeah, it is. Um, you you have to get yourself. You have to protect yourself. I have to protect myself. Tell me about that one. Well, you know how it gets. Yeah, you do get emotional about it. Yeah, you do. But some families don't want that to happen. But some families, it's easier for them. It's easier for them. They don't have to come here and take care of them. They can, they can go in a nursing home, and they're going to take care of everything. They're not going to have to get through that whole session, that thing. And it's okay when they when people have to go like that. You just have to get yourself, and it has to be open. The whole household has to know that so and so is going. They're going to have to go to a nursing home, and you have to talk about it so that everybody's prepared. You know that they're that they're going, and that you know you can go and see them afterwards. A minute ago, you were saying that you were you were very surprised by how few people have to go to nursing homes. You know, why is that? That Well, um, I think they age in place better here because they can have people come in and do things for them when they get to where they can't do their own shower. You know, the, there's some things that they need for nursing care or, you know, to help them. And they take care of themselves one another. They're stimulated. They're with a group of people and they just keep going. <laughs> and we've had a lot of people that have died right here, uh, which is great. When it first started, our uh, CEO people, our, our bosses, our bosses have said, you know, they didn't think maybe that was would work, that kind of thing. But Having worked, I've worked at the hospital all those years. Death is death, and it's it's beautiful. You know, let them die here. They're, that's fine. You know, they get hospice. Hospice is so wonderful. You know, everybody, it's it's so it's fine. We had a man who died. Um, it will be two years in April, the first of April. That's the last death that we've had here. Uh, he had been here for about seven or eight years. And his family came. He had uh, his family came here. Some stayed overnight, and some slept in here on the floor. And the day, the night that he died, it was it was a just such a beautiful thing. The night he died, there were probably fifteen of them here. Fifteen of family camp. I'm uh, not family friends. 
uh, he was in uh, a music group, and they came here, and they used to sing to him. And uh, the night he died, he came in here, and he played that organ. And they were in here singing away, and he wanted to go out in the solarium over the where the ramp is here. You know, it's big windows, and right in the stairway. Uh, he wanted to go out there, so they put him in a wheelchair. And he went out there, and, um, and they're all friends. They were on the stairway. They were out around the railing, and they were singing to him. And... It was just like heaven. <laughs> it really was. And, you know, our people were around, and, you know, they all knew that David's going to die. And, um, and you know, he did. Just like that. Yep. And he stayed here through the night. They didn't want him to go. His friends wanted to stay with him, and they hung around for quite a long time. They had lunch, and... Um, so he was very well taken care of. That was pretty demonstrative kind of de death, but we've had several people that died that were, you know, it was just nice to have people going in and out to see them. Yeah. It really brings out the best in people to be together and to be safe and to be and to be listened to yeah love is very evident yeah yeah they do love one another yeah yeah and i love them <laughs> yeah when you get to a certain point in your life it's like coming up a, 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 a hill and when you're young you never think that you're ever going to get to the top of the hill and when you get to a certain age you're at the peak and you start coming down. <laughs> I've got about eight or nine or ten years to live. And I want to live it in a beautiful setting, a beautiful town, people around me that I could talk to. And I think I found it. Have you ever spoke with a friend you don't know? Thanks to all of the residents who talked with me at the Jocelyn House. I produced this story with my friend Kelly Green, who lives in the house behind the Jocelyn House and who goes to their New Year's Eve party, and Arlene used to walk her dog. There are links to information about the Jocelyn House on my website, rumblestripvermont.com, 
If you have a comment about the show, I'd love to hear it. Just go to the bottom of the show page and you'll find a comment box there. The music you're hearing is by my all-time favorite band in San Francisco, The Imperfectionists. One of the members, Thomas Radwick, is a listener, and he sent me some of his CDs, and they are great. This song is called A Wave in the Air, and it's from their latest album, Universal Consent, available on Bottom Feeder Records. I'll put links to their music on my website. Again, that's rumblestripvermont.com. Rumblestrip is a proud member of Hub and Spoke, a collective of really smart, independent podcasts. You can check out all of the Hub and Spoke shows at hubspokeaudio.org. Again, my thanks to Honey Road for sponsoring this show. This is Erica Heilman. Thanks a lot for listening. Yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today. We have an old-fashioned potato, tomato, Long Island potato. But yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today. Thank <laughs> you.